Join Hans and Scotty Friday at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy for the Utah Snowmobile Show. See the latest in sleds, trailers, and gear. Big weekend for Utah and BYU. The football team's gearing up for huge games for the Utes. First place in the Pac-12 South on the line at Arizona State for BYU. Couple of five and one teams squaring off future conference opponents as BYU will join the Big Twelve another two seasons. It'll be playing Baylor every year. Is this the week we find out how good BYU and Utah really are? Oh, well, Yak, man. Yak just has some mojo by playing Jimmy Eat World, a band that was founded in Mesa, Arizona. All oh, the Sun Devils are going to win. It's in the cards. <laughs> they also so happened to be in town last night for a concert. Jimmy Eat World. I don't know. That's a lot to eat. You know, maybe half the world, but if you're going to eat the entire world. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. From Arizona, my friends. Arizona's just invading the Wasatch Front this week. But will they leave with the victory? Will they leave with first place in the Pac-12 South? Arizona State. Right. The Jimmy Eat World, they left with the victory. It's a harbinger of things to come. Aha! (laughs) Jimmy Eat World, you think of this, you know, alternative punk band, and they've been around for almost 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) Don't remind me. Yeah, I think they started like 1994 or something. <laughs> and they were rebels. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> time goes by. Time just blows by. Jimmy Eat World is already, uh, they're approaching their 30th decade or their third decade uh, as uh, an entertainment act and still going. Good for them. Good, good to hear that. But yeah, this is a huge opportunity for the Utes to really assert themselves. Uh, in a sense, they haven't proven anything, even though they're 2-0. and And this will go a long way towards saying, yep, you have proved something. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday, and, and you were off, and I wanted to go have this discussion with you uh, to see what you think about it because it's such a big deal that I think it can uh, linger on for a second day, the discussion they're in for sure, because people say, oh, well, they proved last week. Eh, not so much. I mean, that, that, that was a beaten team, the Trojans. They're not playing for anything. 100%. It was Utah's best win, without question. And we just had that Kyle Whittingham bite about 10 minutes ago. The offense looked much better. But there are clearly better teams than USC out there on their schedule. USC's three conference losses underline that. I mean, who doesn't put 40 on SC's defense? <laughs> Everybody who goes into the Coliseum does that. Really? Stanford. Check. <laughs> right. Oregon State, yeah. Check. So you can say it's their best win. I, I, actually, I view it's it's their better win because I don't count Weber State. Of course, you're supposed to win. So you only really got two to choose from. So it's a better win than Washington State, sure. And certainly if you get this one Saturday and there's no reason why you don't, then it'll be your best win. Is this the week we find out how good BYU and Utah really are? As much as there can be a week... I'll go with this. You're judged on all 12 games. So I don't know that any one win is going to establish uh, that. I mean, you've got to I, I follow do. it up no. with more. Right. 
But if you get this win, then we will all expect them to get those wins. Whereas if they don't get this win, then we're not so sure Absolutely. going into each week. So I, I disagree with that. Any one win can set the tone for your season. Yes, you have to follow it up, but it can set the tone as far as who you are and what's the level of the quality of your team. So I disagree completely that any one win can't do it. But if yes, they, in this situation, it can. But if they beat ASU and then they lose to Oregon State, which could happen, and going into UCLA, we're going to have all the same questions all over again. Right, but then that's the point, is that they're expected to win. Whereas if they win, if they lose, then we don't know if they're expected to win. That's the point I'm making. So, yeah, sure. Doesn't guarantee anything, but it's about setting a level of expectation. You've proven now that you're a quality team. You can beat a ranked team. You haven't come close to beating a ranked team. You, You only played one and you lost. So now you get another shot at it. And see what you can do here. And and San Jose State's ranked now, too, so they weren't at the time, but they are now. So the two teams that have been, were, or are ranked, you lost to. So this is gigantic. And then if you win, then you're expected to win next week. And then at that point, you get there, and then you, you are ranked. And then it's Katie bar the door. Good night, Irene. See you later, Sally. Of course they would beat UC Los Angeles at that point. Absolutely they would. Come on. Is this the week we find out how good BYU and Utah really are? Ryan says, nope, that was last weekend. No, that wasn't, Ryan. What the hell did you do that hasn't been done multiple times? He's a Ute, and he just wants to get after BYU PK. I, I don't know, think he's he making a serious the, point. Yeah, I've, I've seen his stuff out there. Nope. Beating a crappy SC team? We're going to run around? That's the big deal? We beat our rival that they don't even acknowledge your existence, let alone whether you're a rival? Uh, and you're, you're the third team to go in that venue and hammer them. whoop de do. Eldon says, we find that out every week. Why should this one be special? I already told you. (laughs) Pay attention to what I tell you. Baylor, best team left on BYU's schedule. Uh, I don't know that. We talked about that possibly. Yes, I made that point, but you were gone yesterday, so I want to get your thought on that so you can say that. But before we leave uh, Utah and SC, if you lose to ASU, that's another thing. You couldn't beat BYU and then you couldn't beat the team that BYU beat? Oh, Maron. Maron! <laughs> Baylor could be the best team on BYU's schedule. Don't know enough about them. Do know that they play a tough schedule. Well, USC's a mess. And... Washington State has been up and down. Now, you could argue that Washington State, with their quarterback back, that they are really going to get it rolling. And maybe in a month, everyone will be talking about Washington State very differently because they'll make themselves impossible to ignore. You know, are they going to build on that Oregon State win? Or is it going to be up and down for them? What you don't want is to have to beat Virginia on a last-second field goal because that's the only way Virginia wins these days. (laughs) (laughs) is the other team misses a last-second, literal last-play field goal, and then Virginia won, wins. I think that's how they won their last couple of ball games. So you certainly don't want that. 
Miami and Louisville on the road. They skate both times. Yeah, how about that? You want to beat them by 20 like Wake and North Carolina did. Thump them. Freaking uh, Bronco Mendenhall's field goal defense has been awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And that could be a tough game, too. It could be, but I would think that going to Baylor would be tougher than waiting for Virginia to come cross-country in the middle of their conference season and play you in front of your packed stadium at elevation. Sure, but that could be a tough game. It may not be tougher, but it could still be a tough game. Agreed. Could be. Yeah, the schedule is good enough to where it has intrigue. You know, Georgia Southern and Idaho State, okay, not so much. But the other other games at least have some level of intrigue. And I believe SC, particularly if Jackson Dart is playing, can give them a shot in the arm. And uh, something we'll have to see as he progresses from the, the knee injury that he had. And this one time when he played against uh, Washington State. So they may have some revitalization there at that point. Remains to be seen. But nevertheless, the task at hand, this is a big-time game. Baylor's 5-1. and one. You know, the only loss they have is to, what, an 11th or 12th-ranked uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State, who's undefeated yeah. and looks good. Who's undefeated, right. so come on. And, and, and the Iowa State wins a good win. Yeah. Well, it's like love. Any win's a good win. Any love is good love. So I took what I could get. So you got that thing going on there. And they need to go on the road, a real true road game. You know, they played a Utah State, in-state game. This is going to be in foreign territory where they're going to be in a couple of years. So big-time game for them. They need a bounce back because that was not a good performance. They give credit to the Utes. The Utes have bounced back. You know, they didn't pack it in. They bounced back. That's what's exciting about them is that they did bounce back after a miserable non-conference, and it wasn't the best game that they played against Washington State, but they still managed to get it. And then Utah or, uh, SC, they rolled them. And sure, Utah or SC, I don't know why I keep saying Utah State, but SC sucked. So what do you do against a team that sucks? You hammer them, and they did. They took the life right out of them, made them quit, as Kyle once said in the locker room. And yeah. they did do that. So there should be all sorts of optimism for them. BYU needs a bounce-back game because, obviously, that was their worst performance of the season. Uncharacteristic. Did not see that coming. Don't prove to me that you can rally because virtually every season is going to have some level of negative and some level of adversity. It's what you do. It's happened to Ohio State and Alabama. So why shouldn't it happen to BYU, right? When you look at it from that perspective, I mean, two of the best, if not the best programs that we have in college football right now, they've both suffered a loss. And so we'll see what Alabama does here because their loss was last week. Ohio State has just went out and pulverized everybody that they've played since then, conference opponents that weren't expected to be as good. But nevertheless, they creamed them if you go look at the scores. So what's going to happen to BYU now? What do you got? Now's the time. Things are going well, sure. Everybody can be front runners. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. What do you do when it's not that way? How do you rebound? Jaron Hall's ready to go. Aaron Roderick talking about him being 100% healthy. And with that's a great opportunity because he needs to use his legs to be able to help the team win because he's an incredible athlete. And so not just the passer. He can throw the ball for sure, but he's got to use all the skills that he has. And why don't we didn't see that very much against Boise. I think against Baylor, he's going to need to do that. So I'm excited for them to see what they got. 
1.30 for Baylor and BYU, a couple of 5-1 and one teams. And 10-2 and two is in play for BYU. Double-digit win seasons always sound good. Oh, they absolutely do. There's just no question about that. And that gives them even more momentum. And they're getting guys, I understand, Ben Moa's kid flipped from Utah to BYU, uh, whatever that means. I, I don't I don't never seen the kid play, but I heard that and I think Dick Harmon wrote about it is where I saw it in the Deseret News. And so that's giving them momentum. That's the thing about it, man. You're never just playing for now. You're always playing for down the road too, to build some momentum. And they've built some momentum. For a while there they didn't have any momentum. For a while there it wasn't cool to go to BYU. No. Why would you want to do that? They're a middling program in an, uh, playing in a middling bowl game that they know they're going to play in after their first loss. And we've heard all those negatives. Well, those are all gone now, right? You're building some big-time momentum. Keep it going. If you find a way to win 10 ball games this season after last year and you play seven P5 teams, we can't go, yeah, but, the proverbial yeah, but that BYU's always had to deal with, that's out the window. And then you return a lot of guys going to the next season. You bring a ton of momentum going into the Big 12 in 2023 if you can take care of business this year. Because if you get 10 wins this year, then I can logically conclude that next year will be pretty good too. Thirty right? Makes sense. 30 wins in three years going into the Big 12. Nice round number. Are they going to win? You can ask, more for, ask for more. Uh, you may well get more. But 30 I don't wins. think you can ask for more. If you had 30 wins in three years going into the conference, I sign off on that every single time. Yes, that means you have some losses along yes, the way. But you're going to have losses along the way. Exactly. I mean, to your point, it's like, okay, Ohio State and Alabama lost games. You've got to bounce back. Clemson lost. They don't lose very often. And then they lost a second game. You know, they haven't solved their offensive issues. Now, your issues are different than their issues. Your issues were putting the we're turning the ball over, putting it on the ground, and not getting any takeaways. It's not just the fumbles, although those are the glaring moments. But when you're good, you're getting the takeaways, and you didn't get any in that game. So it's the two things. Stop giving it away and start taking it away again. Yeah. But I think 30 wins in three years, those, those are big round numbers. Recruits will like the way that sounds. The fan base will be packing the stadium. You'll have the game day environment that you want for that game and to recruit the next round of guys. And it's, it's within reach. And they're 16-2 and two in their last 18, even with that disappointment last weekend. Right. Because it stands to reason Bronco Mendenhall had four double-digit win seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Right at the end there. And yeah. then they go into Independence. And they sort of were – they dropped off. There's no question. Some seasons were a big drop-off. Others weren't quite as good. But there was no doubt it was a drop. And there was a negative vibe around the program because your own coach was saying independence isn't sustainable. And then he got out. He didn't get out exclusively for that reason. There was a bunch of reasons he got out, and good for him. Uh, But it's not like he was enthralled with independence. He'd made that known, right? He made that known in an interview, I think, most uh, right off the bat, Uh, most notably with the Austin American Statesman. And then everybody picked up on it. And here, Kalani's hired as in knowing you're independent. And the program, a nice season, and then not so much. Now, stands to reason, if you can pull off three double-digit win seasons as an independent, 
your recruiting is only going to increase. It, it, there's no way it decreases. There's just no way. And then you can hit the ground running. So these games, they're not just important for now. They're important for down the line. Coming up, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, is going to join us at 8.30. David Smoke, host on Sikkim 365 Radio, will join us at 9.05, and we will find out more about the Baylor Bears and the big game this weekend. Bowler is coming up next with the preseason games in the books and the regular season starting at home with Oklahoma City on Wednesday. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.